and welcome to Powerband Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi riders for Kiwi riders. My name's Ray Heron and uh, not flying solo this week, but no Matthew Day Gillett. We'll talk about where he is very shortly. But joining us is our South Island correspondent and all things know-it-all as far as racing goes, Brent Cotton. It's been a week or two. Hello. It's been a long time and uh, congratulations on your first birthday last month. Um, so uh, well done. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Break through that first year and uh, and many more to come, obviously. Yes, yeah, so working on that difficult second album now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, Matt, Matt uh, Day Gillett, he's not joining us this week because he's away in Australia as we record this, uh, the lucky bastard. He's away riding that Tenere 700 on the launch. What's he doing? Five days around Australia. Well, not right around Australia, but through Australia on a brand new Yamaha Tenere 700. How good would that be? Yeah, well, it's probably one of the most anticipated adventure bikes for a long, long time. Like, everyone's really talking about it. It's uh, it's going to, I think, challenge the uh, KTM 790, and, and everyone is just talking about it. So it'll be really interesting to have that, have that feedback and, and see what he thinks of the bike. And, and obviously, it's uh, the first... Uh, viewing in Australasia, so it'll be really interesting to see how it's received. So uh, the, the 790s, obviously the the bike of choice at the moment, and yeah, it's going to be cool to see another sort of that mid-weight, uh, mid-size adventure bike come onto the market. So definitely, and we will have the full update and the full episode next episode with Matt himself about that fantastic-looking Tenere 700, and by all accounts. A peach. But let's not dwell on that. Uh, I want to dive into the world of NZSBK with you, Brent. Uh, also, before we get there, you uh, entered an event recently, which we couldn't go to because we had the GS Rally on the same weekend. But again, before we get there, you've got a bike for sale. Now, why are you selling your 990? Yeah, well, we'll get to why because um, I've just <laughs> been away on a trip. Um, prior to entering the trip, I sort of got cold feet the 990 as much as I love it I was thinking it's going to be a big bike and it's going to be hard to do and we'll talk about where I've been and what I've done but um, I had such an amazing trip on the, the I brought a 690 enduro an older one um, it was an import it came in from South Africa ticked all the boxes rode it for five days absolutely loved it and KTM New Zealand has just brought in 10 more the 2019 Enduros out but they've just brought in um, 10 uh, 690 2018 models and ridiculously cheap um, so I'm going to sell my old 690 and my 990 as much as I don't want to and I've got a brand new 690 Enduro on order so uh, exciting times first, a brand new brand one. new bike first time ever uh, I've been riding bikes since I was four on the farm I've had hundreds of bikes and this is the first brand new bike ever oh sorry other than pit bikes for the kids um chinese pit bikes which were <laughs> they don't count so, so this is the first real real deal brand new spoil myself go and buy a brand new bike two-year warranty all the good stuff that comes with it so uh i'll pay my deposit um if anyone out there wants a real well sorted 990 that's had two good owners um yeah, it's, uh, it's on Trade Me, so have a look. Brilliant, and if you do want to get in touch, uh, you can email us, powerbandpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll put you in touch with Brent. Now, Brent, you went and did an event on that, uh, what was that, 690. Uh, tell us about the event. What was the event? Right, so um, over the 10th of the 4th, 
14th of November, uh, KTM had the New Zealand Rally. So uh, it's an annual event. This year it was top of the south, so started at Nelson, finished at Nelson. Um, now, two years ago, the guys I ride with, and I was a BMW guy, I had uh, 1100, 1150, F800. So BMW nut. Um, two years ago, my mates went and did uh, the the. Um, uh, KTM Rally down south and had such a good time, raved about it, saw all the photos, I went, man, that's something I have to do. So, um, sold the Beamer, brought the 990 and uh, was all geared up, ready for it. We were going to do the North Island one last year and it just didn't work with work and, and the travel and everything that went with it. So, um, we missed out on that and, and obviously I'm ex-Nelson boy, so I pretty much went home and did the rally up there and it was uh, I was sort of in two minds thinking oh, I'm going to go and ride all of the, the roads and, and areas that I, I did as a as a young you know um, teenager and stuff and um, it was nothing like that we, we got to ride the most amazing places and there were Nelson guys that set the route it was organised by Rosie out of Australia and most people that have watched KTM Rally videos and stuff will know Rosie um, uh, Chris Birch was on it we had uh, Greg Murphy as a KTM ambassador he was riding on it um, got to have a beer with him um, so yeah we uh, we travelled up we, we trailered our bikes up and I was actually a little bit nervous about that but it was surprising how many guys actually trailered their bikes here and it's a bit of a I don't know, you know, people frown upon it and stuff like that but it was the right thing to do we had a busy weekend afterwards and it was just quite cool to cruise home after a long week on the bikes, um, in the car with the bikes on the trailer, and, and it was surprising how many guys had done the same thing. So, yep, the purest road there, the purest road home, but we cheated a little bit and, and trailered. And having a big dirt bike, it's a long way to ride from Christchurch to Nelson to, to start a 1500-odd uh, It's a long way to drive a car in one go, to be fair. <laughs> oh, I did a lot of sleeping on the way home. I was a bit tired. But, um, yeah, so we had a... Ad- Which way did you go out of interest? Did you go, did you go up through Murchison? Yeah, well, so we, we went up... Drove up there, obviously, um, through the um, through the inland route uh, to Nelson, and, and it, it started at the Tahuna um, Motor Camp. So that was sort of the base. And as you drove into into the motor camp, it was KTM everything with um, with banners and, and blow up um, archways and stuff that you sort of ride through, and that sort of thing. It's really really well done. Like it's it's amazing how well organised it really is. And and Rosie and her team out of Australia are just so slick at doing this. So there was a hundred. 137 entry, entries, um, and with that you had um, 30 support riders. So Chris Birch and, and, um, and Murph, uh, they had three um, uh, medics out of Australia, so um, bike riding med- medics, um, and then obviously all of the guys from Nelson that uh, that ride the area and, and, and organised all this private land and forestry and, and the, the roads and, and set the route out. Um, so yeah, so 160 odd seven guys on bikes um, was a pretty big impact on on little old Nelson. So uh, the, it started on the 10th on the Sunday, and we had in, in I don't know whether it was a, a few weeks ago now, but there was some pretty torrential rain up that way. There was roads closed, sort of into Murchison and stuff like that. So the start of the rally was a little bit weather uh, affected. 
we did the Mangatapu track. So we basically rode out of Nelson and Torrential Rain, did the Mangatapu, and we went to come back through some forestry roads and stuff, which we we lost access to. Forestry um, owners were a little bit concerned about the amount of rain and and high winds, and and they can uh, lose trees. Um, so they they we lost a bit of access uh, on the first day. But then um, we come back, regroup, and they, they organised the afternoon, and then we, we got back into the afternoon um, route after that and into it. And and it was down to, like, 50 metres visibility, so you couldn't really look at the scenery, and it would have been absolutely stunning because I didn't really know, even from Nelson, I don't know where we went because you were sort of fog-bound and you lost sense of direction and stuff like that, but it was just you got in the zone because all you could do was ride. So it was it was just really neat riding in the afternoon. and. Um, so they have like challenge sessions which are called breakouts um, and you can sort of um, one of the reasons I brought the 690 was to be able to do that sort of thing uh, but it's pretty incredible that guys on 1190s and 1090s and 1290s and stuff in these breakouts um, you know you're on a wee dirt bike basically and as much as a 690 is a big bike in the big scheme of things there it was a thus small bike and um, it's pretty incredible seeing these guys um, punting the big bikes around um, but I purposely haven't ridden one. The 790s look like the bike to own at the moment. They're uh, they're a cool bit of kit with the electronics and stuff. I think it makes life pretty easy. So, um, yeah. So, first day a little bit weather affected and we ended up sort of um, through forestry and stuff and back to Nelson. So, it was Nelson to Nelson on the first day. A few beers that night. Um, Oh, no, no. Greg Murphy was obviously, there was V8 supercars on that weekend. So, he didn't really turn up until, I think it was the next day. So, he missed the first day and... Jokingly, um, everyone has sort of about sort of hiding from the wet weather. Um, so he he came on board and uh, was sort of like he was the, become the MC at night and, and a really good guy to have you know um, handing out a bit of grief to guys that run into troubles and stuff like that. Um, day two we left Tahuna camp again and. Once again, weather affected because of the road closures and stuff like that. So we were basically out on the the west of, sorry, the east of Nelson, and um, did a lot of forestry and stuff, and then back sort of through Waimea, and then over to the um, to the other side of the forestry blocks and stuff, and through Tapawera, and uh, and some farmland and pylon tracks and stuff, and ended up at Merch for the night. So. I was lucky enough to ride with um, Chris Birch for um, probably about 15k, and very proudly. That would have been can, really cool. Yeah, well, I, well, I managed to keep up with him. Um, the only problem was it was on the road section between um, Tapawera and and um, well into. Um, oh, we we back off road again, but on the way to Merch. So once we got to the dirt, he was gone. I, I rode, you know, he rode past me a few times during the week. The most amazing rider. Like, you don't comprehend. You think you can ride okay yourself until you ride with someone like Chris Birch on a big bike, and then you realise it just humbles you. And, and he is just the most gracious, courteous, uh, just a top bloke. And it's, it's just really cool to have someone like that uh, with his experience just riding he's the type of guy if you were having a problem if you were stuck or flat tyre he'll just stop and help and um, you know he's not too precious to, to, to stop and help guys and it's, just, it's a really cool thing so uh, um, yeah so I got the ride with, with uh, Chris for 15 odd K but it was on the road so um, um, yeah I can't brag that I was uh, banging around on the on the dirt with him because 
yeah, he's just a totally different level. So, um, so we got to we got to Murchison, and, and it's really cool how small country town. You know, it was the meal was put on by the the local netball team, I think, and feeding a hundred and well, yeah, with support staff and stuff, probably a hundred and seventy odd people. Amazing meals and stuff like that. But that was the start of um, another part of the rally, which was the KTM Ultimate Race, and. There was 10 riders entered in it, and um, basically you were in to win a trip to, uh, so two guys, trip to Morocco uh, to ride in the uh, Mazuga Rally in 2020. Um, so it's a, a full KTM factory-backed ride um, in that rally, so you're actually riding a race rally, and the winner of that uh, wins a KTM 790 and two VIP tickets tickets to the Paris Dakar or Dakar. Wow, you actually you win a whole bike and and tickets to man, what a prize. Yep. So we we're sending Mark Dando and Matt Niche, uh, who got first and second in that ultimate race. Ironically they were on both uh, both on old, older bikes, so they were both on old nine nineties. So there was a you couldn't enter on a single, so there was no there was no six nineties or six forties or anything like that um, in the ultimate race. It was basically uh, um, twin adventure bikes, so seven nineties up. So these the two guys that won it, um, ironically, were on probably some of the oldest bikes in the on the rally. Um, now Matt Nish's bike is an old. 990, but he basically has spent. He got third last year, and he was pretty focused to win this. So uh, he was determined. He'd he'd sent tyres around the South Island, so he had a brand new tyre to put on every night. Um, his, um, if any of you the listeners have, have ever seen his bike, it's uh, it's a pretty cool and very trick 990. With um, you know, he's narrowed the rims down to be able to put um, what motocross tyres and stuff like that on it. It's single disc on the front to lose weight off of it. He's redone all the suspension and stuff like that. It's a pretty cool uh, piece of kit. So uh, and and those guys rode those bikes way better than I would ever ride a six um, the 690 in the same condition. So. Murchison, first night they had to, um, and there were challenges all the way through. So they had to, they had to uh, do navigation um, tasks on the way. They'd take photos of certain areas, so they'd be given a good reference. They'd take photos of of certain things, and then in the evening on night two, they had to uh, pick up a twelve ninety, he lift it off the ground. Um, walk around it, hold it up, walk around it, and then lower it back down. Um, so that was the first challenge. Then the next challenge, they had to remove a uh, the rear wheel out of a 790, run around the bike, and then reinstall it in the, in the bike. So they were timed on that. Um, everyone did, did pretty well. Um, so uh, off the bed, a few beers, and off the bed that night. Then next night was, um, and probably the highlight for me was day three. Um, so we left Murchison, uh, sorry, the Patrika track, I think I've said that right, um, and then sort of up Sananad, and on the way to Sananad, we um, went off into a some farmland, and one of the organisers, or one of the guys doing the uh, organising, um, owned a farm, and it was his farm, and they opened a, an area up, and they had a, a time trial challenge section for the um, ultimate race guys, so we all had uh, sort of a morning tea in the, in the wool shed, um, put on by KTM and then we went out basically and watched these 10 guys um, race around a paddock on their uh, venture bikes and that was pretty cool 
Um, there was a guy, and I don't know his real name. His name, his nickname was Spanky. He's a, a KTM shop owner from Invercargill, and he was on a 790. And he, uh, man, he he can ride a bike. He must have been riding a bike and dirt bikes all of his life because he rode that 790 like a motocross bike. Um, unfortunately, the quick shift had come disconnected. By the time we worked out what was going wrong, he bunged it in second gear, and he was only 30 seconds slower than the fastest guy. Wow. The guy was just unbelievable. Um, unfortunately, he had a few wee glitches on the way, and the last day there was a similar sort of event, and he ended up um, crashing and then um, and then blowing his tyre off the rim. So basically that was him out, but he was looking like uh, a hot contender to win the thing, but he just had bad luck all the way through the poor guy. So, uh, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so basically through the Molesworth, uh, sorry, through the Rainbow on day three um, and through the Hamner, and then we overnight uh, overnight there and and um, had a really nice night. Um, that was the first night that Greg Murphy was the, the host, and that was a bit of a laugh. He copped a bit of grief about not turning up for the rough weather and breaking he broke his leg on this ride a couple of years ago so he got a bit of grief about that uh, a few bad luck awards handed out that night and then off the bed um, so day four was up and through the Molesworth and as we're coming out of the Molesworth they, um, there's a um, a track that just uh, it was uh, about a 2,000 foot elevation so you basically rode out of the, the valley floor and just up onto the, this ridge line and anyone that goes online and has and just google the, the KTM rally they'll see some of the, the, the photos from up there and it's the most amazing uh, ride um, we thought we'd done quite well to get up there and then uh, I actually saw some photos this week and some guy rode up there to up with his wife on the back so uh, that was uh, if you go and have a look at the photos it was a pretty cool achievement so uh, from there basically out of the out of the Molesworth out of the Arbitry Valley and um, around Sedan a bit through the Yearlands Wine Estate um, and then through Blenheim Port Underwood Road and then to Pictum so we uh, night uh, four was at Pictum. Um, same sort of deal, evening meal, really well organised. Um, uh, and then the next day, which was planned to be uh, Queen Charlotte Drive, um, Kennepru Sound, and then um, out to the Outer Sounds, and they were, go- they were going to barge us across to uh, Bulwa, and then from there we ride up a private road onto the, uh, the French Pass, to Roy Valley Road, um, but unfortunately, uh, the first day and the last day was weather affected. So we had 50 knot winds in the sounds and, and 160 odd bikes on a barge, and I don't think they had 320 tie downs, so they were just going to be basically sitting upright on a barge. They couldn't guarantee they'd be upright at the other end or even on board, so uh, the organisers decided to cancel the barge and so we had to basically ride out. But um, So that was uh, the second sort of time trial on the bikes for the Ultimate Challenge guys. Um, not knowing anything about it, there was a, uh, just a fun um, 690 Enduro race. Uh, the guys I was, I was riding with, uh, five or four other guys with 1190s, so they, I was a sacrificial lamb. They entered me without me knowing. Oh, rough. Next thing I knew, that all the luggage was coming off my bike. They were letting my tyres down to down to motocross pressures, and, um, yeah, we were into it. So there was 
a mix of people in it, and it was a time trial, but they were, because of the time restraints we had to ride back out, they were letting us go two at a time. So you only need two two guys on motorbikes for it to be a race, even though it was timed. Um, so it was all on, and the guy I was against, I don't even know who he was, but it wasn't his bike. There was an older guy that basically got a ring and rider. So I knew I was on... on uh, um, rough ground um, keeping this guy at bay he got the whole shot on me crossed through mud sprayed me in mud and stuff but I managed to block past him in the next corner and stayed ahead of him so um, I knew I was going to cop a whole heap of grief from four guys when I got back if I didn't sort of show a good um, uh, a good race and I managed to do okay so uh, I say face um, really cool prizes like the most amazing prizes like the first prize for that was um KTM Adventure Wear, second prize was a set of Midas tyres from Chris Birch, and third prize, which actually I wouldn't mind getting third, was half an hour at the bar with Chris Birch buying your beer, so you could just have a yak with him at the bar, so that would have been a pretty cool prize just in itself, so uh, the guys that did that, uh, there were some pretty good riders in that, there were obviously guys that are race motocross and enduro and stuff like that, so um, I was just happy to stay upright and not uh, cop any grief from a mate, so... Uh, um, Did and you then, get a placing in the end? Oh, they, they only gave us the top three, so I'd like to think I was probably mid-pack at about the 20-odd bikes that was on it, I, was, I think I'd be... Well, if they only gave you top three, we can safely assume you came fourth then. Well, let's go with fourth. I'll be happy with fourth. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that bit of paper, it was actually some kids... The results was on the some kids... Because um, we, we met the most amazing kids at this woolshed at the, at, right in the outer sounds. So taking the day off school to meet us all. Um, one of the kids was on crutches. He got hurt playing rugby. And I got talking to him. This kid has to boat himself from the sound somewhere to this bay. And then one of the mums has... Uh, um, the school bus is a is a Toyota Land Cruiser, and she carts about seven kids off to school. So this this kid in, on crutches has to bus uh, sorry um, boat himself um, from home to to catch the school bus every day. Re- really cool, you know. The, the, these kids were so excited to see 160 grubby, smelly motorcyclists. It was a really cool experience to meet them all. And they they put Smoko on, and it was that Shearers type farmers pikelets and scones with cream and jam and pots of tea and stuff like that. It was a really cool experience. So, um, and it's really cool to have all these farmers opening their land up and and uh, forestry owners, you know, giving us access to, to forestry blocks and stuff like that. It, it is, we're very lucky uh, to have ridden some of the places because we, we were told constantly that these will be places that motorcyclists will never have access to again. So um, it was pretty cool to to experience it. So um, KTM do a very slick job. This is uh, the uh, Rosie, who's the events coordinator. This is what she does. So she's based in Aussie, I think. She is very, very good at what she does. Um, the Birch family is very involved. So Chris's mum was like uh, the rally mum. She signed you out and in, in, in every day. Um, Chris's dad drove one of the uh, luggage vans, so Chris's own van was driven by his dad, full of our luggage, so you didn't have to carry, you know, your main gear on your bike, you just had what you needed for the day, everything else was carted for you. The meals were supplied, um, there was two KTM mechanics every night, 
So if you had any issues, you could take your bike to them and they would fix it for you. Uh, any parts you would have to buy, they were genuine parts available and they had a van full of uh, genuine parts. So a really slick operation. Um, Am I going to do another one? Very much so, and I've gone and brought a new bike to be able to do it, and it's uh, it worked. You know, they do this to uh, to promote the the product and and get people into it. And uh, I brought a KTM to be able to do the rally. Unfortunately, they unlike the BMW one, they don't let other brands on it. You know, it's um, it's it is exclusive. It's um, it's surprising. I, I saw a lot of photos and things like that up uploaded from yourself and a few other people that were entered on the event, and and I was thinking, oh, you know, that's that's a cool event, but I haven't, I, I didn't get the G, you know, I didn't get the feeling, I didn't get the buzz. But just hearing you talk about it for the last twenty five odd minutes, I'm sitting here going, you know what, I wouldn't mind doing that myself next yeah. year. Yeah. So so even down to like four of the guys and and um. Uh, they were probably the youngest by, by quite a bit. Unfortunately, adventure riders were all sort of um, older, and um, you know, to to an, to be able to afford a, a large KTM adventure bike, it's a it's a big investment. So a lot of the a lot of the adventure riders are older guys, but there was four um, American Special Force guys, basically paid for by the um, US government. I don't know whether they're Marines or Army or what they were, but because they're Special Forces, they need to be able to ride or drive or anything. So, um, and I think that's happened at every rally that there's been these four American Special Force guys turn up and. Um, None of them really. They, they'd all sort of ridden dirt bikes a bit, but um, basically they were thrown on the deep end and all on 690s. Um, and really good guys, hard case. Really good guys to catch up with and, and always had a yarn and a smile on their face. So, uh, yeah, um, they even sort of dragged in guys that probably didn't really know what they were in for or, or would know much about KTM. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's a funny thing. I've I've done dusty butts and stuff like that. So um, I've I've done some sort of big rallies and and stuff like that. But this is just a whole different buzz. It was uh, it, it's a KTM thing. It's the family. It's the buzz. It's the you've only got to watch the KTM rally videos online, and the, the, our our video will be out in another month or so. It's an hour long video they they produce, and and these uh, guys. There, that's all they're doing is getting drone footage and, and photos and bits and pieces for, for them. And it's marketing for them, and they do it very, very well. And it worked for me. I've gone and brought a new bike. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, it worked. <laughs> Outstanding. So um, it's probably going to, this, this is going to be a tough question, Brent, but uh, uh, favourite moment, favourite trail, favourite day? How do we narrow this down? What was a highlight for you? Right. Um, favourite day would be day three through the rainbow. Um, I've done, done the rainbow several times now, and, and I just love it through there. It was a, a, a bit of a a spin on it because we had so much rain in the top of the South Island the rivers were up so they were sort of waist deep and basically they had um, so the the uh, support riders were told by Rosie to basically go to the and, and those that have ridden through the rainbow there's a river at the other end so at the, the station end it's the first major river you get to Basically, there were the support riders had to stand in there for probably a good couple of three hours just feeding bikes through the river. 
So um, they earned a beer that night. So favourite day would have been day three. Favourite ride probably was on the first day. I wondered what I got myself into on the first day on the Mangatapu because it was just, we left Christ, uh, Christ, left Nelson a mess and we basically got there and there were just, you come around the corner and there'd be 40 bikes backed up because someone's having a problem. And I was sort of going, oh, is this what it's going to be like for the whole trip? Um, but come the afternoon, even though it was foggy, I was riding with my uh, good mate um, Johnny. Uh, he was on 1190. We just got in that, that groove and we, we were just having fun. We had an intercom on. We had some laughs. Uh, it was, yeah, I think that first day in the afternoon was probably the highlight. And for no other reason that we just, yeah, happy to be there and into it. Fantastic. So that is the uh, the KTM New Zealand Rally. No, that, that sounds absolutely brilliant, Brent. I um I'm I got the I got the, the buzz from you hearing you talk about that and I'm I'm definitely keen to do something like that in the future. I, I um I've just gotta think about how I swap this uh, this Lambs MTO seven for something a little bit orange given that I've just been I've actually today I've been riding the uh, the seven ninety Duke for the last three or so weeks and today it got picked up by bike trains to go back up north and I, I, I actually miss it already. Yeah, there's something something that like, I hate knocking other brands and I'm certainly not knocking BMW. I've owned three of them. Love them for their own reasons but there's just something about a KTM and I don't know what it is. It's just, there's just something edgy about them and I really don't know why they are the way they are but people that own Orange, it sort of becomes a bit of a... I don't know, it encapsulates you and drags you in. It's, yeah, I've I've got one of my road race bikes is, is orange as well. I've got a little 200 Duke that I road race. And, um, yeah, so I'm sort of slowly becoming, you know, fully orange. And it's, uh, hey... Indoctrinated. Yeah, yeah. And, and hey, there's people that don't like KTM. There, there are knockers out there. And it's not for everybody, but um, it's just something they do, the... the, the, the you know, the, the apparel, the, it's just something about owning it. And, um, yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm into it. And after doing a rally, it certainly cements that, that sort of ownership. And I'm, that's why they do it. There's no other reason they, they, you know, they do these things. And it is to, to keep you enthused and, and passionate about the product, I suppose. Mm, exactly. And you mentioned that you do a bit of road racing. I mentioned at the top of the podcast that you're uh, you are a resident uh, speed racer in the fact that you, uh, you, you, you're pretty clued up when it comes to all things NZSBK. Now, I see that the dates, the five rounds of uh, NZSBK have been announced, and I have heard through the grapevine that you're going to be entering round one. Yep, so... Uh... Yeah, you've talked me up. And, and let's give every, let's give everyone, I think, a, a quick overview of NZSBK. What does it stand for, and what's it all about? So New Zealand Superbike. Um, so it's basically our nationals, road race nationals. Um, so you've talked me up. I'm the wrong side of fifty. I'm the wrong side of hundred kg. <laughs> I make numbers up racing. So there's no illusion that... that but I'm, you know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got two kids that can beat me on, on road race bikes, so I've, I've sort of... I go through that stage of... Um, especially my youngest now is riding in the... the both in the, in the... We're both racing in the two same classes, so... And he can beat me in both, and it's... As a dad, and the parents out there will be, you know, when your kids do well, you're really proud of them, but... When they're beating you, it's that 
man, it's hard to, it's really hard to wear. So, um, in one hand you're proud, the other hand you're, uh, you, you, know, you want to sort of, um, grab by the scruff of the neck and, and take his racing away. But, um, no, nah, it's really cool to be able to do stuff with your kids that you, you enjoy. So, so yeah, um, NZSVK starts in January. It's, it's a week later than it usually is. So the first round's the 11th of 12th of Jan. Um, at Ruapuna, so the first round's always uh, in Christchurch. Um, then um, on to Levels on the 18th and uh, 17th and 18th. Um, sorry, 18th and 19th of Jan at Levels, so that's a week after. And then it's up to the North Island. It's obviously a couple of hundred k's south in Timaru. Yep, yep, so two hours south. So both our home tracks. So uh, we're no support classes at levels. It's only the national classes, whereas uh, at Ruapuna we get to run. And uh, in Christchurch, the small bike classes are the most subscribed. So they're the, obviously I, I race a 250 production bike. And a, uh, we've changed our name because uh, MNZ have used uh, Supersport 150 as, as a new class, and I can talk about that in a minute. But um, so we've got Supersport lightweight. So basically, it's bikes under 250cc, two stroke, four stroke, so two stroke up to 150. And we're hoping to get sort of 40, 45 bikes on the grid in both classes and, and showcase uh, to New Zealand how. Uh, Motorcycle New Zealand, uh, sorry, Motorcycle Canterbury is so strong. It's our junior classes. So, uh, sorry, just before you go too much deeper, uh, round three is Hampton Downs. That's the seventh and eighth of March. Uh, round four is the twenty eighth and 29th of March at Circuit Chris Amon, which is Manfield Fielding. And round five is the fourth and fifth of April, Bruce McLaren Motorsport Park in Topor. So um, this year they've had a change in probably more aligning ourselves with overseas. So we've got Superbike, which is your litre sports bikes. Um, you've got Super Sport 600, 600 um, sports bikes. Super Sport 300s, which is uh, R3, Ninja 300, KTM 390, um, which has become a very popular class to the point where it's pushed 250 production, which is the bike I race push that out as a national class but what has come in they, uh, the previous few years we've had the Jixa 150s and I've now opened that up. Unfortunately and there's a lot of debate whether it's a good thing or a bad thing the, the only other bike that's really eligible that's sold in mass in New Zealand is the um, R15. So when you say they've opened that up, that was previously an age restriction, wasn't it? It's still age restricted, but they've they've loosened up the age, I think, a couple of years. So it's still only your sort of 13 to 21-year-old. Um, they can't have competed in a, uh, another national class and scored points. So you, you can't sort of come back from Supersport 300s and burgle it. So it's basically only open to new riders and um, you can go and buy a new R15 version 3 which are newly out and um, go racing. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how um, how that's uh, how that goes because um, basically the Jixa 150s have been they had their own class unfortunately they're not going to compete with with the Yamahas I don't think but 
They've proven they've got a few years under their belt. We don't know much about the Yamaha. They should go on paper really well, but setting them up and learning them and, and those little uh, niggly faults in the first year, they're going to be fighting those, whereas uh, the Jixxers are uh, going to be well proven. So that's going to be an interesting class to see how um, how the, the Yamahas fare, but they're going to be the bike of choice. It's uh, the people, the money, the Yamaha backwise are going to be probably the ones to beat. So, um, um, and then, um, so that's sort of aligned with the rest of the world. And then we've got Pro Twins, which uh, rallied around last year and got good numbers. So they've, they've retained uh, national status and sidecars will be out there. They're always a crowd favourite, um, but it's up in the air whether they'll be running at Hampton Downs. Obviously, uh, with Motorfest, there's the classic bikes and stuff, so they'll run at a time. So they may not be run at at, uh, at round three at Hampton Downs, but, but they'll certainly be at the other the other four. So that's sort of the nationals. It's uh, Personally, I haven't got any racing. That's why I went and rode uh, venture bikes, and um, yeah, I've really got nothing until um, early next year. There's a little bit of testing. We've got some bikes that, that we're developing that we, um, uh, my youngest might be doing um, a couple rounds of the the nationals in that Super Sport 150 class. Um, we're just working through a few things now, and, and yeah, looking forward to it. Um, this is probably our off season at the moment. We've got probably a couple of months where we don't go racing, so uh, save some money and get ready for the nationals. Outstanding. Well, uh, good luck for when you do get your bike out, and I, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, your thoughts when you do get your 690, when that finally arrives. Yeah, yeah, well, it's here in Christchurch. I've paid the deposit, um, so if anyone wants to buy that 990, it's certainly going to help me get my new bike, but um, yeah, it, it, it's... It's the last of the, the models, so it's a 2018, so yep, I'm more than happy to talk about it, but it's pretty much what I've got now, it's just a lot newer, so uh, and shiny. It's always going to be hard going out and banging a brand new bike around, it's uh, it's going to be new to me. Is it, is, it like, um, is it like when you get new gear, do you subscribe to that, that theory that when you get brand new gear, you've got to put it on and then go roll in some mud or some dirt to get it dirty, otherwise it's like a superstition that if you don't, then you, you're going to crash and hurt yourself? No, no, I'm, I'm, I've never really been on it. <laughs> These guys that buy new leathers, and, and I've seen, even seen it on MotoGP and stuff, guys will put a brand new set of leathers on, lie on the ground and the mechanics drag them across the workshop floor, so... Uh, yeah, yeah. Some guys get a bit hung up on it, but um, no, I don't. Um, ironically, going back to the the KTM rally, um, just for the uh, the purists out there, I um, I've still got a BMW rally jacket, which I wore on the the KTM rally, which um, got a few comments actually. Um, so, but yeah, really good gear, and I can't bring myself to. Um, to replacing something that um, that I like, so yeah, it'll have to wear out first. End of the day, we're all adventure riders and we're all motorcyclists at heart, right? Yeah. Oh, hey, even on that KTM rally, we were bumping into guys that were riding other bikes and stuff. You you can't, but you know, just talk to them and 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 you know, you were even stopping at garages and stuff, and there was obviously guys in cars that ride motorbikes. Um, it's just yeah, if you're on two wheels, it's just something that draws. Uh, you know, the kids at the schools that, that, that you know, um, did smokers and stuff for us. It was, uh, everyone loves a motorbike.
everyone loves a motorbike, so um, it's, it's pretty cool. I went and did a uh, 10k run on the weekend, and I went purposely on the bike. I took the bike down there because you know when you take a motorbike to an event, you can park closer to where you where you need to be. Where if you take a car, you've got you got to park miles away. So I took the bike down, and I pretty much parked on the start line of the 10k run. And the security guy goes. And he's stopping all the other cars. What, what's your purpose here? You can't come through here. I pulled up to him on the bike. Goes, hey, bro, how big's that engine? <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. So how'd you go on the run? How did I go? <laughs> there was uh, 180 runners in the 10K. I was about 163rd. Uh, and if you break that down into the male and female split, I was third last. But you weren't last and you did it. I did do it. I got beaten by a 78-year-old, but I did do it. Yeah, that, that's probably like getting beaten with by your kids uh, road racing. So, yeah, I feel for you. But, hey, yeah, you went out and did it. And then um, it's something I should be doing more of. But... Um, I'm just enjoying riding my bikes at the moment, so... Yeah, well, that's why I did it, because I had to... I sold the WR, so I've got no dirt bike to go out and get dirty and get sweaty on. I had to go and do something. Yeah, yeah. I can think of better ways to fill in my day, though. <laughs> so can I. Running somewhere just to say you've been there. Uh, Brent Cotton, uh, our Christchurch correspondent, South Island correspondent, I should say, and uh, resident road racer. Thank you very much for your time this episode. I uh, look forward to hearing uh, more adventures from you in the next few months, especially with uh, road racing season kicking off in early in the new year. No, I'll look forward to talking to you guys, so thanks for having me. Uh, this is Powerband Podcast. Uh, we would love to hear your feedback. You've been listening to this episode and whatever player you've been listening on. So uh, leave a comment in the comment section. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And if you if you could, I know I'm asking a lot of you, but if you could, uh, share this podcast with a riding buddy of yours. Uh, brilliant podcast to download and listen to on the bike. Uh, you could listen to it at the garage. You could be listening to it anywhere. You can take it with you. Uh, and if you've enjoyed this, then your buddies will probably enjoy it as well. So share it. That'd be great. Uh, thank you very much to Brent for joining us. Check out onthrottle.co.nz. Matt's website is doing write-ups and updates uh, on that Tenere as we speak. The uh, Tenere 700 launch in Australia. Also check out kiwirider.co.nz They help us out. We help them out. Uh, and, and, and it's a brilliant magazine you can read online. No, uh, no paying for it. Absolutely free. Uh, so get amongst on that. Uh, that's pretty much everything I've got to say. So uh, thank you very much for listening. I've been Ray. I've been Brent. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we will catch you in seven days' time. 